Thank you very much. Well, it's time for our annual Christmas survey. Nobody boo, nobody cheer. Just follow the directions. How many of you are done Christmas shopping? You're all done. Wow. And we're not going to boo or cheer. Okay. How many of you haven't started yet? Oh, a couple of us. Okay. And how many of us, I guess the rest of us, have done some shopping, but we've got more to do, right? I thought about in, in dividing us up and putting the, those who were done over here, and then those who hadn't started way over here, and the rest of us in the middle, but uh, uh, we won't do that today. Anyhow, um, I always go shopping on Christmas Eve. Now, I've already done some shopping, but I just realized years ago that every year I ended up shopping on Christmas Eve, and I thought, why do I do this? And I said, you know, I think you'd like to be out here. I just love it. So anyhow, um, I'll figure out something to buy on Christmas Eve. One other question. How many of you spent less this year than previous years? Uh, some of us, not even half. Okay. Is that true? So the rest of you are spending more. Maybe not spending at all. I don't know. Anyhow. Well, uh this past week, I had breakfast down at the IHOP on Arroyo, and it was very early in the morning. When I got done with breakfast, I paid the bill. I was standing at the cash register, and I said to the gentleman, so how's business? Now, I happen to have several friends in the restaurant business, and one person had told me that over, overall, the restaurant industry is down 30% this year, and uh, that's the statistic. So this was in the back of my head. So I said, how's business? And he said, well, it's good. It's fine. I said, oh, I'm glad to hear that. Then he said, well, he said, I really don't know. He said, I just started to work here, and I work part-time, and I'm not in, you know, I haven't been in this business. And he shared with me that uh, actually the lunch business was way down, and he said a lot of the wait staff who's here in the morning and normally serves lunch, they go home early because there just aren't that many customers. And then he explained, he said, actually, I'm a landscaper. And I said, really? And he said, yeah, I spent uh, all my life in landscaping and, you know, design people's yards and install the stuff, and... Uh, he said, there's just no business right now. And he said, I still have my, I care for some yards. And he actually named some famous actors that he said, I take care of their places. But he said, that's not enough to keep me in business. So I had to close up my shop and just do these few accounts I have. And I thought, wow. And then before I left, he said, also, my wife has been in the insurance industry for 30 years. She just got laid off. And last night, she, he said, we went home. He said, I live in La Crescenta. And I went home, and our neighbor came over, and she had just gotten her pink slip. She's laid off. Well, I, I walked out of uh, the IHOP on Arroyo early on Thursday morning. It's kind of a gray, cold day, you know. Came over here to the church, and I thought, wow, that's just kind of a depressing way to start the day. Last night, Joyce was on the phone with my sister-in-law. Her name is Bird. And uh, so, how you doing, Bird? Well, you know... Our mother-in-law, my mother-in-law passed away this year, and so her mom died, and her husband died the next month. So she's struggling, and uh, she works at Walmart, and she drove to Walmart yesterday. Now, you'd have to be in the Ozarks to understand this sort of thing, but she hit three deer, wrecked her car. She's fine. The deer's not. The only good news is some guy came along, took compassion on her, and uh, I probably shouldn't say that part of the story. Anyhow, he took the deer and uh, took it home, butchered it, and brought her back some deer burgers. So... A little bit of redemption there, but uh, how many of you have had deer venison burger? Yeah, roadkill. That's another word for it. 
Well, it didn't actually kill the deer on the road, but that's another story. Anyhow, um, that's one of the hazards of living in rural America. And I talked to my son this week, and he's doing well, except for his car blew a head gasket. And then I opened up the L.A. Times uh, yesterday, I think it was, and read about all the mayhem in Mexico, our nearby neighbor, where everybody's getting shot or beheaded. And uh, we could go on and on, couldn't we, at this season? There's enough news out there to depress you if you don't have anything to depress you in your own personal life. And so there's a lot of discouragement. Foreclosures, the economy, we're not sure what the new year is going to bring. There, there's a lot of that around this season. And I, I simply begin there not to discourage you any further, but to let you understand that um, this is not going to be a Pollyanna presentation today. I know what's going on in the world. I have children and families, and, you know, I know people that are struggling. So I just want you to know that at the beginning. But I want to ask you a question. How many of you would say, Steve, I know how to party. I enjoy a good time. Any of you can say, I really know how to... Some of us can, some of us can't. Okay, some of you know how to party. Now, this message for you will be pretty easy. But for some of us, it's going to be more difficult. But this really is a word for all of us. We've been on a journey, and I've been inviting you to enter the mystery of Christmas. And way back, several weeks ago, the last Sunday in November, the first Sunday of Advent, we began this journey, and I encouraged you by following Simeon and Anna, and I said, they can lead us into the mystery of Christmas, and I gave you one word. What was that word? Wait. Wait. Wait on the Lord. And we talked about how long Simeon and Anna had waited for the Lord. And so I encourage you this season, be still, calm down, be quiet, wait for God, follow the lead of this Christmas couple who can teach us so much about waiting. In fact, Isaiah said that quietness and confidence will give you strength. So wait was the first word. Then the next Sunday, we looked at the Magi, and especially at that scene where they came down and they finally found the child for whom they had searched, Jesus. And it says they bowed low and paid him homage. They worshipped him. And I encouraged you with another word. What was that word? Give. Give yourself to Jesus. Do that afresh this season. Give yourself to the Lord. And if you haven't done that, I encourage you right now, just say, Lord, you are the Christ of Christmas. I, I give myself to you again. I'm here to worship you. And so that was our word that Sunday. Then last Sunday... Probably the most neglected person of all the Christmas story, we looked at Joseph. Silent, quiet Joseph. And what does he teach us? The word is... Listen. I'm sure glad David's here because the rest of you would have got two sermons. He bailed you out. I could do that sermon again. Uh, you, weren't, you weren't doing what? Listening. Listening. Uh-huh. Well, the word last Sunday was listen. Listen to the Lord. Joseph was a man who had this incredible ability to listen to the Lord and get up and do what the Lord said. And so that's where we've been. Now, we're going to go from probably the least spoken about Christmas character last week to the most spoken about Christmas character other than Jesus. Who would that be? Mary, of course. So this morning, Mary is going to lead us into the mystery of Christmas, and our word is celebrate. Celebrate. Would you say that with me? Celebrate. I actually want to talk to you in the midst of all this stuff that's going on about celebration. 
So I encourage you to find your outline and uh, follow along with me and enter into the mystery of Christmas and let's celebrate. Now, what do we celebrate? We're actually going to be looking, if you care to turn in your Bibles, we're in Luke chapter 1. It's page 57 in the Bible that's in the pew. And we're going to be looking at what is called Mary's Song. And we're not sure of all the details, but Mary put this song together. She was so happy on that first Christmas, she wrote a song. And this song is written out of the scriptures which she had. There are at least 12 references to the Old Testament in this song. Her primary guide was Hannah. You can go back to Samuel chapters 1 and 2 and find a very similar song. So as Mary was excited about what was happening in her life, she put this poem or song together, and we have it before us. And I'd like to look at it today with you, and it really gives us a lot of guidance on this issue of celebration. Now, what is it we celebrate? Well, what does Mary say? Uh, She says, my soul magnifies the Lord. We celebrate who? The Lord. As you begin this season, as we continue through this season, as I invite you to enter the mystery of Christmas, you might say, well, Steve, I'm just blue. Okay, I can understand that. But as you look at Mary, it says that uh, in verse 46, Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, or my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. The question this season is, where are you looking Where are you looking? There are lots of places to look, and there are lots of things that seize our attention. If you're driving down the road in your car like this, you've got your hands on the steering wheel, you can have both hands there now because you don't have to hang on to your cell phone anymore, right? Does it seem like more people have their cell phones in their ear now than before the law? I mean, I don't get it. Anyhow, so if you're driving down the road like this with your hands on the wheel and you look over your left shoulder, where are you most likely to go? You're going to steer to the left. If you're driving along and you look over your right shoulder for a very long time, you're going to steer to the right. We tend to look where, we tend to go where we're looking. If you ride a horse, I know this is true. When I ride my mountain bike down a steep trail, if I see a big rock out there that I want to avoid or a rut that I need to avoid, what's going to happen? The more I look at that rock or rut, the more likely it is I'm going to actually hit that thing because we go where we're looking. And so in order to not hit it, I have to look away. I have to look at where I want to go. Now, Mary gives us some great guidance here because where was Mary looking? She's looking at God. She's looking at the Lord. She says, my soul rejoices or magnifies the Lord. Mary is looking up. She's rejoicing. She's thinking about the God in heaven who has blessed her. And that's the sense of direction that we ought to have. Now, this morning, I ask you again, where are you looking this season? Because where you're looking is where you're going, and that's going to have a lot to do with whether or not you can celebrate this season. And Mary starts right out very clearly. She says, I celebrate the Lord. I'm looking up. I'm looking up at God. Mary is looking at the Lord. So the question is, have you met Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Do you know the Lord? And if so, are you giving yourself to the Lord? Are you listening to the Lord? Are you waiting upon the Lord? Are you celebrating what the Lord has done in your life? Because that's the key to Christmas. Christ is the reason for the season. And if we're looking at Christ, we have reason to celebrate, and Mary leads us in that. You've heard this before, but I repeat it because I think it's just 
it, it says what I'm trying to say. Two men looked out the same prison bars. One saw mud, one saw stars. What do you see this season? What are you looking at? If you're looking at the Christ of Christmas, then you have cause for celebration. And I encourage you, look up! Look at the Lord this season. Now, that's not all that's in this song of Mary's. What else? Verses 48 through 50, ponder God's compassion. Would you read uh, this scripture with me? Mary says this, For he, speaking of God, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things. Holy is his name. Did we read that together? Sort of. Anyhow, you get the idea. As you look at this, what's going on now? Um, Mary is looking up. And now she describes the Lord that she is looking up to. And she says three things about the Lord in these verses. First of all, she calls God the Mighty One, strong. You remember when the angel came to to Mary and he announced this incredible thing that was going to happen. She was going to bear Jesus. And she said in her, you know, this can't be. How could this happen? I've never even been with a man. And what what did the angel say about God? Remember, he gave a description of God. This phrase is found several times in the Bible. But the angel said, nothing is what? Nothing's impossible with the Lord. Well, how is that? Well, that is so because the Lord is the mighty one. He's strong. God can do anything. We teach that in Sunday school. We forget it in adulthood. God can do anything. Nothing's impossible with the Lord. So Mary, in uh, her descriptions in verses 49 and 50, she says, the Lord is the mighty one. He is strong. Now, what, what is next here? Not only is God mighty, see, Mary is looking up. She's just, now she's thinking about, well, this God I worship, what is God like? What's the Lord like? Well, he's mighty. What else? He's holy. He's pure. He's perfection. And not only that, in the next verse, it says he's merciful. So she says three things about God. God is mighty. He's strong. He can do anything. God is holy and pure and good. Our God is a good God. And he's merciful. God actually has shown God's own mercy to me. I've received God's mercy. Now, I want to take a break here. And um, you don't need to respond to this question, but do you know about God's mercy? Or to put it another way, has God ever done anything for you? Now, God didn't give you the Messiah to be born. I know that. That's what God did for Mary. But has God done anything for you? Are you thankful to God for anything? If someone were to say, in fact, I am saying, what has the Lord done for you, how would you respond? And I'm going to just stop here on this fourth Sunday of Advent and have a little old Baptist testimony time. And I'm going to ask you to stand up and in a short sentence, I'm the preacher, so I I want to preach. I don't want you to preach today, but just in a short sentence, can you say, well, the Lord has done for me and complete that sentence. Or maybe you prefer to say, well, I'm thankful this morning, and you can tell us what you're thankful for, uh, something God's done for you. So the question is, has God done anything for you, and would you give witness to that this morning? Just a short sentence. This is what God has done for me. Can, would anybody be brave enough to stand? Several of you, I think, could do this. 
something that the Lord impresses, this is what I've done for you, or this is what you're thankful for this morning. The Lord gave strength this year. Amen. Dr. Mack. Allowed you to be a doctor. Amen. Peggy. Terrific sister. Amen. The Lord's healed. Teresa. Forgiveness. Bill. Amen. Robin. Amen. Peace in the church. Amen. Healing the grandson. Uh-huh. Mm, amen. God answers prayer and saves. Mm-hmm. Anyone else? That's wonderful. Velma got to see her grandchildren. Amen. Wisdom and understanding. Amen. Lots that we're thankful for, isn't there? The Lord has done many things for us, and we can praise Him like Mary. As we look up at the attributes of God, we say, well, God has done this in my life. And if you're sitting there thinking, Steve, I can't think of a thing God's done for me, then I would encourage you to open the door of your life and to turn to Jesus and say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Uh, save me. Make me that new person that you've promised to make me through your power. And God will do that for you. And you too can stand and give praise to the Lord. So Mary pondered God's compassion as she looked up. Now, what else did uh, Mary say that God has done for her? Well, Mary realized that God's kingdom comes. This is the most difficult point for me in the sermon to convey what I'm thinking to you. So let's pray God's help here. God's kingdom comes. What do I mean by that? Well, Mary then in verses 51 and following, she says a variety of things. And I actually want to walk through this. Now let's, let's start at the top. Mary looks up and says, I rejoice in the Lord. I magnify the Lord. She starts with God. And as she's looking up, she says, well, the God I believe in is mighty, God is holy, God is merciful. She gives the characteristics of God, the attributes. Now, she's not talking about those dimensions of God. She's talking about what God does, God's action. William Temple is a name probably not familiar to you. He's a man long gone on to be with the Lord. But he was a great leader years ago. And he was communicating with the Christians in India when the British ruled India, but the Indians were were restless and wanted the British to leave, give them sovereignty. And the Christians were caught. And so William Temple wrote to them and he said, when you preach in your churches, don't preach from Luke chapter 1. Why? Because it's a revolutionary passage and you're going to get in trouble with the British if they hear you preaching what Mary wrote about. Now, keep that in mind as we go through this and you think about the social upheaval or the revolution that she's actually talking about here. In verse 51, Mary says, God has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones. Now, what's that about? Well, let me give you a couple of examples so that you can begin to get your head around this in a real way. 
In the next chapter, chapter 2, Jesus is born. The wise men come and they worship Jesus, right? They love Jesus. They're drawn by the Spirit and they give gifts to Jesus. Herod also hears about Jesus. Remember, we talked about this. And he too says, I want to go worship. And he had that opportunity to worship Jesus. How would history be different if Herod had come and said, wow, the Messiah is here? It could have happened, right? I mean, Herod had that opportunity. But what did he do? He killed the babies in that region, and not long after that, he died. I wonder why. You see, the scripture says that God brings down the powerful. Now, in our day, you say, well, Steve, that was back then. Well, I don't know. This guy, uh, Bernard Madoff, that made off of so much money, you heard of him in the news? Astonishing. He's not going to be free anymore. He's going to be locked up. I used to live in Illinois. Uh, actually know the alderman whose daughter married the governor of Illinois, and now he's in trouble. The Lord brings down the powerful. Evil and corruption won't go on forever because God's kingdom is coming, and Mary said that. Now, my question to you is, can you actually see it happening? If you have the eyes to see, you can. But many of us miss it. God's kingdom comes. So Mary says in verse 52, he has brought down the powerful from their thrones and he has lifted up the lowly. Who's she talking about there? Well, she's talking about all who have faith in Jesus. She's particularly, I think, thinking of herself. Why did I get to give birth to the Messiah? She has no idea, but she did. And she's humble and she uses that very word, humble about herself. She said, I'm I'm just thankful for what God has done for me. And God has raised her up like God raised up David and so many characters in the Bible. So it's a rich passage, isn't it? And then he, she goes on in verse 54. He has helped his... Uh, I'm ahead of myself. Verse 53. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. When I was in seminary, Walter Kaiser was one of my Old Testament professors, a great guy. And we were going through the book of Ecclesiastes, which is confusing and kind of depressing. And Dr. Kaiser said, you know, the, to remember this book, here's a statement that will help you. He said, to some, God gives a Cadillac, meaning a luxury car, you know, a nice. And to others, God gives the ability to enjoy the Cadillac. Do you know the difference? Do you understand what he's saying? There are a lot of people out there with a lot of stuff, and they're going to buy more stuff this season, and they won't really enjoy any of it. They're empty inside. There are a lot of people out there that don't have any stuff, and they're full inside, because it's not about whether you've got a lot of stuff or no stuff, or somewhere in between. It's about God in your heart, giving you life, and new life, and forgiveness, and the ability to enjoy what you have. And Mary realizes that, and she says, God is able to fill you with good things. Has the Lord filled you this season? Do you have some reasons to celebrate? If you know Jesus, you do. If you've waited on the Lord, if you've listened to the Lord, if you've been giving yourself to the Lord, you have reason to celebrate. And I invite you to enter the mystery of Christmas and celebrate the Lord. Because that's what it's about and that's what Mary did. She celebrated the Lord. Uh, As she thought about it, I don't know if this is just a reflection of the time when I grew up, but did any of you ever hear of Chris Christopherson's song? I wrote the words down here somewhere. Um, Why Me, Lord? Did you remember that old song? Something like, uh, Why Me, Lord? What did I ever do to deserve all the pleasures you've shown me? Uh, Anybody hear that song? That's Mary's attitude. 
that she's humble and she says, Lord, I don't know what, why it's me, but I'm going to rejoice with you. I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to be glad for the things you've done uh, in my life as she ponders. Why me, Lord, what have I ever done to ev- deserve even one of the pleasures you've shown? Lord, what did I ever do to deserve loving you and the kindness you've shown? And that's the idea here, that Mary can celebrate the Lord. And then she goes on to wrap up this psalm in verses 54 and 55. She says, she's speaking about the Lord's mercy, particularly the mercy God gave to Israel, to the nation of Israel. God has brought the Messiah. He promised it so long. Now she realizes Messiah is here. Messiah has come. I was thinking of our own country, and we're certainly not Israel, but uh, somebody said today, I'm thankful for the country I live in. And aren't we blessed to live in this nation, even in the struggles we have right now? What a great opportunity we have and how blessed we are to live here. So this morning, our final word, as I invite you to enter into the mystery of Christmas, is the word celebrate. Is the word celebrate. Are you willing to step away from the crowd of criticism? Are you willing to step away from the crowds of complaining at this season? even the crowds of crying at this season and lamenting and say, I'm going to step out of the uh, crowds and I'm going to step into the celebration called Christmas. Christ has come and I can celebrate Christ coming to earth. I can celebrate what God is doing in my life. Now, am I trying to say, well, just forget about the difficulties? Absolutely not. Tears come to my eyes as I think about people that I have loved and they're not here with us anymore. There's been a lot of pain this year. There will be more pain next year. But that doesn't mean that we can't celebrate what God is doing in our lives and that we can't look around and see signposts of the kingdom coming. When we stand here with a a small child, a couple of young parents, and they dedicate their girl or their baby boy to the Lord, isn't that a sign of God's kingdom coming? When you look around and you see young people serving Christ and coming to worship, isn't that a sign of God's kingdom coming? If you go with Dan Chu last night to Union Station to feed the folks down there who have no home, isn't that a sign of God's coming? Aren't there signs all around us of God's kingdom breaking into our world? There are, if you can look and see them. And when you see them, you can celebrate. You can say, thank you, Jesus. I want to conclude with one more um, illustration. I uh, read about three weeks ago. I got an uh, email from Christianity Today, just a news article, and uh, I'm embarrassed to have to ask for help, but there's a, there's a capital in Nigeria called Jos, J-O-S, or Jos? How do you say the word? Jos. Okay, Jos, Nigeria. I'd never heard of it until I read this article. This article is written by a man named Sunday. What a great name, huh? Sunday? Sunday Agon. David knows about him. Uh, he's your student. Well... It's a small world, isn't it? Well, let me tell you about an article that Sunday wrote, okay? Um, Sunday Agon teaches in a seminary in Jos, Nigeria, which is in Africa. And he talks about on Friday, November 28th, that's this year, he said he was walking down the street listening to two songs on the radio, and the words to one of the songs were this, Oh, my Lord, you sent your Son to save us, Oh, my Lord, so that sin will not enslave us. Oh, my Lord, so that once, so that love once more may reign. 
And he talks about this in the context of the fact apparently they had had an election on the 27th of November, I believe. And uh, after the election, the Muslim population in Jos, Nigeria, was upset. And so the youths began to rampage through the city, burning tires, turning over cars. Then they began attacking churches and started killing people. And mayhem broke loose. In response to that, other young people, supposedly defending themselves, also started burning. And he said the whole sky turned black in the city. People were dying everywhere. He noted some pastors from their school that, had, that were killed. He had a relative killed. It was, it was awful. And they went through that weekend, and he's thinking about, well, what, what is peace about? What does peace mean? As he listened, thought about this song. I think it was on Friday of that weekend, when all this chaos is going on and this mayhem, that a woman from the countryside came into Jos, Jos not knowing about the rioting, And she came in there, a Muslim woman with her nursing baby, came into the city. And she realized the place was in chaos, and so she ended up somehow running into the very seminary there, the Christian seminary, which was targeted for burning but did not. The provost of the seminary took her in for the night. The next day, he brought her to church, and because of the chaos, they they didn't have their normal church service. And that Sunday, as, as Sunday writes about that worship service, He said, here we were, this small group of Christians with this Muslim woman and her baby. And she was uh, disoriented and psychologically a mess because she didn't know what was going on. She didn't know what was going to happen to herself. Tears were running down her face. And he said, we gathered around her and prayed for her. And although we didn't plan to take an offering that day because of the chaos, we took an offering. And then the provost and the students said, we will help you get out of the city the next day and get her safely away. And she realized, had she gone most places or to other places, she would have died that day and her baby had been burned to ashes. Because that's what was happening in the city. And Sunday writes, and as I read that, I said, well, there's a sign of God's kingdom, isn't it? Even in the midst of the evil that's going on there and the chaos, there's God's kingdom coming. When somebody reaches out to love to a Muslim woman and says, we will take care of you. We will help you be safe. And he concludes the article by praying that she meets Jesus. This morning, I want to conclude by reading from Psalm 89. The words uh, of this psalm, I think, summarize what Mary was trying to say and uh, was saying to us. Would you listen? Your love, God, is my song, and I'll sing it. I'm forever telling everyone how faithful you are. I'll never quit telling the story of your love. You built the cosmos and guaranteed everything in it. Your love has always been the foundation of our lives. Your fidelity has been the roof over our world. I invite you today to enter the mystery of Christmas. Celebrate. Celebrate the Lord.